The Lord be with you. Merry Christmas, everybody. How are you? So we welcome you all this, this evening to this beautiful worship service, this Christmas Eve night, where we get to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are so grateful that you have chosen to worship with us, whether you are actually here in person or you are joining us online. We are completely blessed by your presence this evening. So a couple of words of note for you all. You should have received a candle and a little communion cup as you walked into worship if you are here with us this evening. If not, an usher can help get you one. Also, if you are in need of a little extra hearing assisting, we have some great devices that are designed specifically either to work with your hearing aid or to help just amplify sound. If you are in need of either of those items, again, we ask that you just check in with an usher and they will be able to get that hearing assist device for you. All of you who are worshiping from home, we welcome you this evening, and we encourage you to have your communion elements ready as well. And uh, if you have a candle at home this evening, we ask that you light it now as a symbolic presence of Christ among us. We also invite you to greet one another on the live chat this evening. Say hello to each other. And my friends, with that, let us enter into the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, and let us worship God.
please join us in the litany printed in your bulletin. We gather to celebrate the birth of the one who is the light of the world. We light the candle of hope to remind us of the promises made by the prophets that God would raise up a savior for his people Israel. Christ is our hope and our salvation. He calls us to share with each other and the hope we have in him. We light the candle of peace to remind us that it is only with God and by following in his path that true peace can be found. Christ brings the peace of God to us. He calls us to share with each other the peace he gives to us. We light this, the candle of joy to remind us that God gives joy to every heart that abides in him. As Mary rejoiced in the birth of Jesus, so we also find joy in his birth. God calls us to share with each other the joy he gives to us. We light the candle of love to remind us that Jesus is God's gift of love to us and that in him, the light of love triumphs over darkness. Love never fails. It transforms all those who give it and receive it. God calls us to share with each other his love. We light the Christ candle to remind us that the light of the world was born this night. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dealt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. You, O Lord, have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He is also called Emmanuel. For in Christ, God is with us. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the hope, peace, joy, and love you bring us. We thank you for your gift of love shown to us perfectly in Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us prepare our hearts to receive him. Bless our worship in this moment and in this place. Help us to hear and to do your word in every moment and every place. We ask it in the name of the one born in Bethlehem. Amen.
I'm going to pull out my best Vanna White. <laughs> Did it work? So we welcome you here to the Rosedale Gardens Christmas Prayer Tree, a new tradition that we are um, apparently starting this year in 2020, and one that I have a feeling is going to continue from here on out. Uh, unfortunately, we were not able to do the poinsettia, purchasing the plants and doing the dedications like we normally do, but we were still able to allow you all to have the opportunity to honor loved ones past and present 
by submitting their names so we can hang them with poinsettia ornaments on this beautiful tree. It is such a privilege, especially at Christmas, when we give thanks to God for all those lives who have impacted ours in amazing ways, lives that are still with us and lives that we remember in our hearts and in our memories. When you have a chance at the back of your bulletin, there is a list of all those uh, people who submitted names of loved ones and beautiful dedications. So take some time to look that over, and we look forward to continuing this tradition from here on out. So my friends, please join me in prayer. God of the loving heart, tonight we dedicate our new Christmas prayer tree to you. We thank you for each name written on their ornament. It reminds us of the joy in learning that every one of our names are written on your heart. Right now, in this sacred moment, it is with tears of love and joy that we thank you for every life written here. We hold them close, whether in heaven or on earth, in memory of those who have gone before us and in honor of those who daily love us. Like the candles on our Advent wreath, they bring the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love that cast light into our days. Our family members, friends, colleagues, peers, and mentors, those listed here who have made a positive difference in our lives by loving us into being, somehow knowing what we needed to grow, challenging us, inspiring us, showing us how to love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus Christ, light of the world, be born in us tonight. In thankful remembrance of our family and friends, may those whose lives we touch now hear your voice in our words and see your reflection in our actions. Amen. evening's first scripture reading comes from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the Old Testament, God's word was revealed through the prophets. Listen for the word of God for you tonight through the prophet Isaiah. The people who are now living in darkness will see a great light. They are now living in a very dark land, but a light will shine on them. Lord, you will make our nation larger. You will increase their joy. They will show you how glad they are. They will be as glad as people are at harvest time. They will be as glad as warriors are when they share the things they've taken after a battle. You set Israel free from Midian long ago. In the same way, you will break the heavy yoke that weighs Israel down. You will break the wooden beams that are on their shoulders. You will break the rods of those who strike them down. Every fighting man's boot that he wore in battle will be burned up. So will every piece of clothing covered with blood. All of them will be thrown into the fire. A child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. He will rule over us. And he will be called Wonderful Advisor and Mighty God. He will also be called Father who lives forever and Prince who brings peace. There will be no limit to how great his authority is, 
the peace he brings will never end. He will rule on David's throne and over his kingdom. He will make the kingdom strong and secure. His rule will be based on what is fair and right. It will last forever. The Lord's great love will make sure that happens. He rules over all.
second reading this evening is from John 1, 1 through 5. The reading comes from the Gospel of John. Jesus is described by John as the Word. In the New Testament, God's Word revealed in a person. God the Son, whose name is Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. The disciples and writers of the gospel shared what Jesus had taught them. Listen closely to the words of John and discover what Jesus may be saying to you this night. In the beginning, the word was already there. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning all things were made through him. Nothing has been made without him. Life was in him, and that life was the light for all the people. The light shines into the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome the light. This is the end. This is the word of God.
Our scripture of the evening is from the prophet Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and it is found in bold in your bulletins. Let's say it together. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shined. It's good to be up in the pulpit. I haven't been up here in a while. Good to see all of you and good to join all of you at home. Let us begin with a prayer. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Prince of Peace, our Light, 
our generous giver of abundant life. For tonight, we receive your presence as a gift to be opened and lived. Amen. There was once a grandmother struggling with a life-threatening illness. She had her little granddaughter with her on Christmas Eve. The granddaughter was watching her as she lit this one candle and she placed it in the window. Grandma, said the little girl, why do we like candles on Christmas? We like candles on Christmas, my dear, to tell the darkness we beg to differ. Tonight, we beg to differ. Scripture passages that you may have heard, God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. You know, this is truth, a truth that is central to Christians. It's like saying the sky is blue or water is wet or Diet Coke tastes so good <laughs> or Pastor Kate loves all things in moose decor. We have spent most of 2020 feeling like we've been in the dark, seeking Jesus who is our true light. In my 29 years in the ministry, I have never longed for Christmas Eve so much as I have this year. And that's a good thing. It made me reflect on some memories and some thoughts and even a little theology about the darkness and what Jesus does with it. When I was a five-year-old angel at our church, we did the big Christmas thing at night and we had to walk down and I really didn't want to be an angel. I was forced with that halo above my head, which I could never keep straight. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> and I had to traipse down there and I guess in rehearsal, I wasn't giving it my best effort. And my Sunday school teacher, who I absolutely loved, walked up to me and she said, you know, what's really great about being an angel is that angels get to keep their eyes on the Bethlehem star. And she made it sound like it was so amazing. And I said, then what happens? And she goes, what happens is when you see the, the star in the sky and the rays of light come down, they come over Jesus in the manger. And then I kind of liked that idea. I liked it that I was going to find the star that would lead everyone to Jesus. So I go back to that time in my life, even as a little girl, and in the years since, where I have come to know Jesus, the Son of God, love's true light, we sing. I've always focused on the light of Christ on Christmas Eve, as I should, no doubt. But while, but while reading the scripture passage in Isaiah, one of my favorite passages that I know well, I say prayers before I read scripture, like, 
please open my eyes to something I haven't seen before, and I confess, and it may have more to do with me, that I, that doesn't always happen, but it happened to me yesterday. I had this aha moment. Sandy Mae Namisto calls it Holy Spirit Hocus Pocus, where the spirit moves and you don't see it coming and you're changed. And I felt changed. It was kind of like when you're making a puzzle and you're searching for that one piece while the other piece is growing, you know, warmer in your hand and then you finally find it and there's nothing like the sound of the click when the two pieces go together because when it's laid down, it makes the picture clearer. So to preach and to pray and to live life with you from a distance, which I do not like at all, for the past nine months has revealed to me the age-old but newly experienced truth that our God is not a far-off God, that we can find God even in the darkest of times because God is here. And not just here, God is here in me and in you. God's Holy Spirit is closer to us than our breath. Jesus being born in Bethlehem means Jesus longs to be born in us tonight. His light and his love are like an eternal flame. And believe it or not, that never goes out in you. You may think it does, but it doesn't. No darkness can ever overcome it, even if you in your dark place don't see light. Even if you wonder where Jesus is. Jesus is abiding. He stays. He guides. So we know the line that Jesus is the, is the light that no darkness can ever overcome. But here's where my epiphany came in. It's like as if I took the scripture passage and I got myself behind it, and then I realized that there is an equal and opposite, albeit not popular truth, that you have probably never heard anyone say in church, let alone from a pulpit, although it's well attested to in scripture, which is this. God dwells in the darkness. What? Yeah, lots of scripture that talks about God being in the darkness. Now, what does that mean? I've come to discover that there are times in my own life where it's in the darkness, where I struggle to find the light, that when I finally get there, it changes me in a way that wouldn't have happened in the light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, though they weren't visiting, they weren't just hanging out for a while, whatever the circumstance was, right, it wasn't going to go away. They were living in a land of deep darkness. And all of a sudden, on them, the light had shined. I don't know if anyone has ever said to you that God dwells in deep darkness. And to be honest, I had to put my head around it and my heart around it quite a bit to preach it tonight. We learned in Sunday school as children that God is everywhere. And that is also a cornerstone of the Christian faith. 
our theology on who God is and that only God can be everywhere and God is everywhere all at the same time, I believe it, but I never considered that everywhere included the darkness. I mean, why do we try to leave God out of our darkest days when we know that God is everywhere? You know, the darkness is not dark to God. It can be terrifying for us. We don't like it much. We like our deities well lit. When we can't see, when we're not sure what's happening in our lives, when we don't know what's coming next, when all of a sudden all the old landmarks have vanished in the dark cloud that we're in, it's hard to remember that God is there in our darkness. There are those who have gone before us who bear witness to that, that the darkest places is where God works in us the most, and that has nothing to do with God, because God's always ready to work in us, but perhaps it's because in the darkness we become more vulnerable. We get out of God's way. God can take the fragile, broken pieces that we sometimes feel we are, and right in the dark place, begins slow but sure to cast a little light and to take those broken pieces and to put us back together and to make something new of us. There are those who feel that whatever darkness they endured, that that's who they are and that is a lie. You are not the darkness that you have endured. You are the light that refused to surrender to the darkness because the light of Christ dwells in you. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us, comes to us in our dark places, in our dark nights, in our dark dreams, and he stays put. He holds our hands He takes our pain that we've experienced from others. And then he takes that pain, and in place of it, he begins to plant seeds of peace, of reconciliation. And then what happens when reconciliation is not possible, because sometimes that is the case, well, then Jesus steps in to give us the closure that the person who hurt us couldn't. Jesus steps in, steps right into our darkness because the truth is he was always there. It's interesting too how sometimes this life makes sections of our hearts, maybe areas of our lives, feel like they're getting hard as stone. And there Jesus is with a chisel working away at our old grudges that haven't gotten us anywhere but sad, working at all the deep roots with a hoe in the garden, at all that old guilt that he's long forgiven, but we have chosen not to forgive ourselves of, that have festered far too long, blocking the light of his grace, his love, and his healing. Jesus even assures us 
that when we are afraid, he is with us, even in our fears, which he asks us to name to him one by one. And as we do, he gently takes them into his care to transform them into new opportunities of growth. Perhaps growth we didn't want or ask for, but transformation. Finding Jesus in the starry darkness is our call tonight. We light candles on Christmas Eve to tell the darkness we beg to differ, darkness. We stand in the light of Jesus, and his light, even in the darkness, is stronger and bigger. When we receive his love and his forgiveness, he can allow us to kind of walk alongside him. And here's the tough part that we don't really talk about, but we probably do it, most of us, a lot of the time. What do we do when we keep having that negative loop that goes around all the time about what we're not and what we could be and what we're doing wrong? And it's that ever-going negative loop. And now Jesus, sitting in the dark, sees it all. And it's got to stop. And so he comes to us and he takes out that negativity. If we allow him room to work, if we allow him room to work and he stops that and you're going to work on that every day, just like me, we're all going to work on that. We've got to stop running this negative loop about ourselves because then it spills over and we become negative about everybody else around us and negative about the situation. And that is not trusting Jesus, that he is the light and he's ready to dispel darkness. You know, Jesus came, he was born, he lived, he ministered, he died and he rose again because, and he said this, to give us abundant life so we need to stop wasting our lives on the negativity. We need to live in his light. And Jesus is the light who lives and moves and acts even in our darkness. And because he is, we can trust him when he tells us, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Because you see, wherever Jesus is in the darkness, there's still light. There's still light. Imagine two adjacent rooms. One is illuminated by this bright light. The other, only in darkness. Open the door between the two rooms. What happens? Does the darkness invade the lighted room? No, quite the opposite. The light pushes back the darkness. Tonight we beg to differ. We're gonna push back the darkness because we can in the light of Jesus. For the last 29 years, I would strike images of light. I would say that in our darkness, all we need is a little pinprick of light and it breaks the darkness. Even the tiniest little bit of light illumines us. I think
think tonight we need to get rid of the pin and we need to pick up a sledgehammer and we need to knock down darkness. I think it's the call of the Christian church in a world that is right now negative to be light and to be walking with Jesus. And in our darkest moments, when we cannot walk, Jesus will pick us up and carry us. And we get to rest in his arms. Never fear periods of darkness in this life. We know that they will surely come. Someone told me that our darkest moments can become gateways to new phases in life. Things perhaps we would have never tried or imagined or done. A threshold to a new experience, an invitation to move on from one place where we thought we might have been stuck to go to another place. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that on the night Jesus was born, the star was so bright that it gave this light and direction to the wise men who moved quickly through that starry-filled darkness to the stable, to the manger, to worship him. Had you ever thought about the fact that everybody who came to Jesus came in the dark of night to the light? Then the night didn't seem so dark anymore. Jesus' birth itself would bring hope and new meaning to the world. The new beginning foretold by the prophets like Isaiah is the joy that we celebrate this Christmas. It isn't just about Jesus being born in a manger. Jesus grows up and we see him on hillsides. We watch him encounter people on the street right up to the moment he's hanging on the cross and he's having a conversation, still consistently doing what he's done all of his ministry, casting light in the darkness of Golgotha. How so do we need light right now in this world? Our weary and struggling world seeks to find hope and we've got it. Jesus is our hope. By the light of a star, God helps us find our way, shining in those places that perhaps we've even hidden from ourselves. We've buried them so far. And Jesus comes in and has the ability gently, slowly, our timing in his to sweep through and clean the rooms of our hearts so that Jesus can make his home bigger in our lives. You know, all this goodness and all this meaning and possibility lies nestled in a manger tonight. Jesus has promised you and me that he is the light of the world. And as we follow him into the everyday stuff, we will never walk in darkness alone. There is no darkness we will ever be in without him. No darkness of ours that will separate us from him in any way, shape, or form because he is the light of life. That's how we can beg to differ with the darkness. We resolve to reflect the light of Christ into the dark places all around us. 
Instead of cursing the darkness, we worship and follow Jesus, the light of the world, God's own son given as gift to us. Even into the darkness, we will follow him to bring his light and his love to others. I propose that tonight we are the candles on the Advent wreath. He comes to us and he gives us hope and peace and joy and love. And then he calls us to walk in his light so that we become hope and peace and joy and love to the people around us. We are the Bethlehem star pointing out Jesus to others by the way in which we speak and in our actions and the way we love. God's all-powerful light not only illumines the shadow of darkness, it gives hope like no other. God's hope, which tenaciously clings to the hearts of the faithful and announces to the world that in the face of any Herod, this world could possibly muster. In all the indoors slammed in our faces, in all the dark nights of our souls, standing in the light of Jesus, we proclaim that with God all things are possible, that even now unto us a child is born. So I would like you to indulge me for a minute. I've been doing something crazy in 2020. Well, crazy for me. <laughs> I've decided I can run free and bless anyone or anything I want. I've decided that I think I've been uh, neglecting blessing. So now I've just gone crazy. The poor staff, every Tuesday morning, I go, get ready for your blessing. So I'm saying that to you tonight. You know, we say when we introduce the offering, so many Sundays you've heard it said, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are. When was the last time someone walked up to you and said, you know, I've been thinking about you. I'd like to give you a blessing. That is amazing. It can be one sentence. It could be an affirmation. It could be something that you love about that person. So, I'm going to give you a blessing, and I'd like you to hold your hands out in front of you to receive it. Receive it as a gift. May Jesus shine his light into any darkness in your life. And whenever you're afraid, may he remind you of his ever-present love for you. May he give you the courage to hope through any adversity grant you the eyes to see his joy in you and feed your soul as you bear his light to others. God be with you this night and always. Amen.
My friends, as Pastor Kelly just reminded us, that we have been called to bear God's light. And every time we give back a portion of our lives and labors to God, we have the opportunity to say to hunger, to poverty, to loneliness, to depression, to homeliness, to homelessness, that we beg to differ. So know, my friends, that when you place a portion of your lives and labors into God's hands, he can do far more with it than we ever could. And what a joy it is for us to be able to spread our light to others. If you wish to give, we have a variety of ways. You can give online through text to give or through our website. We also have some collection boxes in the narthex this evening. So we shall now receive this evening's offering.
Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us, in gratitude for all that we have been given, we give our gifts to you. May what we bring, bring comfort to those who are sad, food to those who are hungry, kindness to those who are world weary, warmth to those who live without shelter, and hope to those who long for the touch of your mercy. In our giving, we give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, you who make all things possible. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God, and they will come from north and south and east and west to sit at his table in his kingdom. According to Luke, when our risen Lord was at table with his disciples, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is the Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust in him to share the feast which he has prepared. Loving God, at this blessed Christmas feast, we lift up before you our thanks and praise. At the very beginning of time, you spoke, and the word Replace the darkness and chaos with life-giving light. Thank you, Lord, for shining sun and shimmering stars, for the glowing moon and the blazing comets, for your light, which also exposes our fear and our rebellion. We see how easily we have turned away from your life-giving love. Still your light shines. Still you speak of new life. Still you pour your love into our flesh for the, for the life among us. As angels sang glory to you in the highest heavens and proclaimed peace to your children, so we join with them to praise your name. As shepherds left their fields to marvel at your glory wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, so we also marvel at your mercy, lifting up before you our thanks and our praise for the gift of Jesus Christ. By his birth, you revealed the humility of love. By his life and teaching, you taught us the meaning of holiness. By his death and resurrection, you have given us new life and new hope. nourished by your grace and wrapped in your body and blood of your son here at this table we taste the promise of the feast that you prepare for each one of us in your kingdom to come that great banquet where all are welcomed and all are fed so help us even now to live for you serving others as we have been served by the one born 
in the manger. Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. My friends, on the night of Jesus' arrest and betrayal, he sat at table with his friends, and he took bread. And he gave thanks to God, and he broke it. And he said, my friends, this is my body which has been broken for you. Take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. For great is the mystery of faith. For Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. These truly are the gifts of God for the people of God, and all has been made ready for each and every one of you. And so we have communion done a little differently. You were handed an individual serving. There is a piece of cellophane on the top where the wafer is. There's another piece under the wafer where the juice is. And so while you get yourselves ready, we'll get ourselves ready, and then we'll partake together. All right? Take and eat the body of Christ. The blood of Christ shed for you, take and drink, remembering his love for you. Great God of power, we praise you for Jesus Christ, who came to save us from our sins. 
We thank you for the prophet's hope, the angel's song, and for the infant's birth in Bethlehem. We thank you that in Jesus you joined us and shared in our human joys and sorrows. We thank you for your wonderful love. We thank you for the eternal gift of your Son. He who is King of kings and Lord of lords, now and forever. Amen. So typically, when we're in church on Christmas Eve, Kate and I love to come out. We come out in the middle. We have two people come along the sides, and we like to watch you lean over pews and light each other's candles, and obviously, we're not able to do that tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to come out uh, center, and we're going to light your candle at the end, and then we're going to scoop around the back for those of you on the side so that you don't necessarily, if you don't know the person or are not in the same family group, have to lean over. Um, I don't want the protocol for COVID to take away this amazing moment. For those of you who worship with us on Christmas Eve, the, just the epitome of this service is that we hear the song, Silent Night, and the sanctuary is dimmed, and the candles are lit and it is beautiful. So let's step into that right now. Let us sing.
Follow the light of hope's guiding star. Seek the child. Listen to the words of a heavenly host. Find the child. Offer as gifts the best that you have. Serve the child. Peace be among us. Christ be with us. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.